Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings and the Pro Football Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host, rolling into week 12 of the 2021 NFL season. I called last week Sunday, Bloody Sunday. And this week was almost just as bad with favorites falling, some big time blowouts. This season is crazy, bro. This season is crazy. This has not been a regular season as far as I can remember. Just the upsets and the, you know, the, 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 well, it's the upsets, whether they were upsets by a small margin or just big upsets, you know. Um, my intriguing game of the week was the Cowboys Chiefs game. <laughs> and the Cowboys were favored by almost two touchdowns. You know, they had been a pretty efficient machine. And, you know, here comes the erratic Chiefs trying to find their groove, trying to see. And Ben, you were not feeling the Chiefs at all last week. So we'll. No, it's we'll, not. Nor am I. And I'm still not feeling them. Still not feeling them. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell not me. Now. Not not now. Now. Okay. Later on, later on. Well, look, we're going to, we're going to run through, um, uh, the top 10 and the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings to open this thing up. And um, that's where we'll see one of the first surprises. And then we'll take those rankings um, and combine them into what we call a pro football bias plus score. And then we're going to look at the matchups. In addition, we'll finish up. Ben, I'm trying to come up with a good name for this, you know, like the, the two-minute drill or something like that, you know, at the end of the show, you know, because um, I want to name the beginning of this show the kickoff. What do you think? We can call this the kickoff? The kickoff of the show, sure. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll go with all of that imagery as far as that's concerned. All right. Let's get ready to look at some hardcore numbers. What makes us different than everybody else are those numbers. All righty, now we're going to start off um, again. This is pure. This is purely an indulgence for me because I just love the symmetry, and I, I, I just remember how it struck me the first time I realized that at any one moment in time, half of the NFL has a positive net point differential and the other half has a negative net point differential. And what can you learn from those teams that have negative, you know, differentials and positive differentials? What's, what's the differentiating factor in so many cases? And that's what I, I like about this, that it kind of arranges the information so that we can think about it in maybe a different way and look at it in a different way. What do you think? I would agree. Absolutely. And our way is definitely a different way. Now, the Buffalo Bills are, I'm trying to think, was stubbornly in first place, even though they <laughs> didn't look like a first place team, you know. And the New York Jets, as bad as Detroit has played, are still the last place number 32 ranked team 
and net points. So again, you want to know where the draft choices, <laughs> the number one draft <laughs> options are going. There's your, there's your list right there. Start from 32 and move back about 10 places and you, you'll have a nice little list of teams right there that may have an option on it. And probably the, the, the last five. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I'd say probably the last five have a real good shot at getting the number one pick, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be tough to overtake the Jets <laughs> for that yeah. number one spot in the draft. Well, hey, Ben, we're going to talk about the, the matchup coming up because uh, Zach is back, so we shall see if <laughs> that makes a material difference. Let's look at the top 10 in the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings as a result of the completed games for NFL Week 11, 2021. We talked about Buffalo stubbornly in first place. Like, no, I'm not giving up. I don't care how badly I play. Ben, look who is on their tail. Yeah, right, in the division. A team that we thought in possibly the at least a team that that at least I thought may not see a division win or a, a division title for at least the next two or three years. That's how highly I thought of Buffalo. But here they come. They're not dead yet. Let's look at our top number, the number one team in offense and scoring and in defense, your number one team. An average points for Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 30.9 points on average per game. So you can you can wonder about Tom Brady if you want to. They're averaging almost 31 points a game <laughs> as of week 11. <laughs> we're we're well into second half of the season. Um and da, 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 New England, number one in scoring defense, average points against at 16.1 points per game. That's what they're giving up on average. So when you go in against New England, you know that's what they normally do. <laughs> that's their work. That's what their day's work looks like. Absolutely amazing. What do you think about that so far? Well, I mean, if you want to start and go left to right, it's obvious to see why Buffalo is still number one in net points because they're number two in points for and number two in points against and number two in turnover differential. So obviously that puts them above everybody else as far as the numbers are concerned. The New England defense was already expected to be pretty good. Right now, they're playing better than pretty good. They're a really stout group, so I'm not surprised to see them up there. Um, I mean, turnover differential makes all the difference, though, so explain turnover, turnover differential to everybody. That is the difference between giveaways and takeaways. Giveaways could be an interception or a fumble. Same for takeaways. When you combine that total, 
if you're taking it away more than you're giving it away, you will be in the positive and just like net points, turnover differential or Todd, as we like to call it, um, runs both positive and negative. So these are average numbers. Indianapolis, if you're looking at 1.4, they average taking the ball away from the other team 1.4 times more than they do, than they give it away. Um, and so you pretty much know that. Buffalo had been number one. They were number one running across, but they took that step down. And uh, I'm watching some tape on, on, um, on the quarterback, uh, Josh Allen. and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, did Ben say that the Trubisky thing was more of an infection or a genetic? Was it more genetic? Because he's starting to look a little Trubisky-like at times. Bro, it's one game, bro. <sighs> one Man. game. Okay. Um, so just – for the sake of those people who are, are listening and, and don't have the access to see it right now, we'll just run number one through 10 real quick. In average net points, number one, Buffalo, 11.92. New England, 11.23. Arizona at 9.8. Let's not forget the Cardinals. Four, Tampa Bay at 8.7. Five, Dallas at 7.9. These are average net points, positive. Huh, the scary team, if you ask me, six, Indianapolis, excuse me, Indianapolis, 5.8. Seven, Cincinnati, 5.2. Eight, the LA Rams, five, excuse me, did I say Cincinnati, 5.2? Yes, eight, LA Rams, 4.4, Tennessee, average net points, 3.4. And look who snuck into the top 10. Wow. <laughs> Those Philadelphia Eagles tied in net points with the Tennessee Titans, much less, at 3.4. So uh, you can go to uh, Sterling Net Point Power Rankings on Facebook. Um, just search that out, Sterling Net Point Power Rankings on Facebook. All the charts, all the, the information is there. Um, you see your average points for Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Dallas at number three. Man, Dallas played the Chiefs in that 29.3 average. Did not look They did not look like a team that was averaging 29.3 points. <laughs> um, and I will tell you why. Okay. Later? Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Um there's Arizona at four, and, and at scoring 28 points, and again, as far as I'm concerned, that's your magic number. Um, they did that a couple with, with what? How many um, games now with the uh, backup quarterback? What, Colt McCoy was in there for what, two or three games so far? Uh, ooh, I want to say three. I want to say three. He made it through one unscathed. He got injured in one, and, uh, and then this one uh, this past weekend. So that's not bad your backup quarterback, maintaining not that bad. 28 points. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then, you know, Indianapolis at 28.1. And you got 
and I called him, what did, what did I call him? A phenom two weeks ago, three weeks ago? They're running back, Jonathan. Yeah, well, I mean, you can call him what you want. The guy's on fire right now. He's quick to the hole. He runs with power. He's hard to tackle. I mean, people are starting to forget all about Derrick Henry right now watching this guy play. Well, he's matched Derrick Henry's number. Of course, Derrick Henry isn't producing anymore. So, you know, that uh, – but within a game or two of when Derrick Henry went down, he's right there. And um, they had a nice – they had a big scoring day, and he accounted for how many? Four or five touchdowns? He scored five. Five touchdowns. That's 30 points. That's that's higher than what they average. <laughs> right, yes. right there at 28 Point one, so that's going to help keep up the average. So that makes them. When you have a running back that that can produce like that, I mean that. Hey Ben, even the analytics can't get wrong that the play action might work. <laughs> well, I, no comment. No comment. Um, the L.A. Rams. Well, okay. Right after Indianapolis, the. Um, there's your Patriots. And this was the question. And this is probably why you were thinking it's going to take two, three years for them to be sniffing division stuff is because, okay, what are they going to score? You know, what are they going to score? How are they going to score uh, with Mac, you know, Mac Jones, as as Newton was calling him, Mac and cheese. Um, but 27.3 points per game for the rookie. Um Looking down this list in the top 10, the closest thing to a rookie quarterback would probably be Philly and Cincinnati. And they're not rookies. You could say that. They're both second-year players, Hurts and Burrow. Um, But, uh, yeah, New England being this high in average points four is a bit of a surprise. Yes, it is. And, And, again, you talked about the offensive coordinator, for the Patriots, you know, he was the guy that was there when Brady was, you know, was chewing them up when they were coming up with those game plans. You yes. know? Josh McDaniels, best OC in the business. Hey, man, you know. Um, and, and the thing about it, they, they had a mobile quarterback who now, you know, Cam's, Cam Newton's, you know, back with the Panthers and he's running around all over the place. But this rookie is standing in the pocket getting it done getting it done so uh, a very interesting contrast and in styles and, and success levels uh right there um right behind new england you have the rams now the rams kind of were expected to be closer up to number one they look like the team that was going to be with all the scoring power especially as they were coming into the season and then they add you know obj and and all of that but um you know, the question is with them is going to be is physicality, from what I understand. Um, you know, it's interesting to me about listening to Philly media and the media talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. They're stunned at their rushing statistics. And they're like, oh, they're really running the ball great. Like, that's a running game, you know. It is great considering they acted like they were allergic to running the ball early in the season. I think, well, the point that I'm trying to make is 
what they have is they have a very talented athletic quarterback who's running around all over the place. To me, that does not make a run game. So you got these statistics, but I don't think that they're the type of statistics that you can say they, the Eagles now have a run game. You know, um, Jonathan and, and, and Taylor and the Colts, that's, that's a run game, you know, um, as far as I'm concerned. So that's, I don't think they make that distinction. You know, and, and I think that that kind of might deceive people if you just listen, oh, just looking at the stats, you know. I don't know how far that's going to take you, but right now it took them to eighth place offensively uh, ahead of Cincinnati and ahead of Tennessee, who both are under 27 points per game. Well, what I'll say about the Eagles real quick, and again, I'll tell you a little bit more about that also a little bit later, is they went from – trying to throw the ball all over the place like they were the Kansas City Chiefs to realizing that they needed more balance if they were going to win more games. And they started to run the ball more, even though they're using Hurts a lot. And it, why not? He's successful at it. He's very difficult to tackle. Um, and uh, they're getting their backs involved. It was looking for a while. I, I was saying if I was Miles Sanders, I'd be asking for a trade. Not anymore. You know, uh, they just beat the Saints and they had a good running game. That's not counting Hurts. They had a good running game, not counting Hurts. They had a great running game with Hurts and the Saints were ranked, I believe, top three coming into that game in run defense. Yeah, that that's the same. Remember, I, remember, I said last week, as we look at the weird things that the one weird thread it seemed that traced through the whole season schedule was the Saints. It's like they kicked it off weird, <laughs> and and we from that point on, you don't know what you now. They just we'll talk about this in current events real quick, but they just signed one of the more unique contracts in NFL history with Taysom Hill. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is a hybrid uh, of contract. And even watching, listening, or re reading different reports, I saw estimates on this contract from like 22 million to like 94 million. <laughs> Depending on so it's absolutely amazing. But if there's something weird, just keep your eye on the Saints because there's a weird factor and they seem to be riding every week through that. Um, defensively, what do you think about these defenses? I, I wanna I wanna point out Green Bay's defense um, and Dallas's defense, both in the top ten after being like real, really a weak point last year uh, for those teams. Um, Dallas defense being, as we said, historically bad last year, and now here they are, number eight. Uh, only giving up 21.4 points per game. Uh, what do you think about that? Both that's, teams, that's division. Yeah, both teams are uh, <clears throat> greatly improved, uh, especially Dallas. When you say greatly improved, yeah, Dallas was monumentally bad last year. Uh, Green Bay was bad, but they weren't as bad as Dallas. But um, both teams are greatly improved. Um, I'll give Dan Quinn, the D.C. from Dallas, uh, most of the credit for playing 
best to the skills of his players. He's got a lot of speed in the secondary. Um, he, he, he has good linebackers, good hitters, good pass rushers. Um, that team looks really good. The only problem is they're pretty young and they're going to have games where they're going to get hit for big yardage plays. Um, keeping other teams out of the end zone is their task if they're going to stay in the top 10, um, obviously, because it's points against and you don't want them to score points. Green Bay's a little up and down. They've had some injuries. If they can get everybody back, uh, they'll be formidable going down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and Aaron Liar Liar Pencil Fire Rogers um, is having a problem with his toe. I think they said he, he has a broken toe. Today he, he announced he has a fractured toe and he took his shoe off and stuck his foot up in front of the camera. Oh, God. Did he really? Man, this guy, this guy is so dramatic, man. I'm starting to get a little tired of him. I love to watch him play. I love to watch Green Bay play. I give him all the respect in the world on the field. But once he gets off the field and gets behind a mic, he's starting to wear a little thin on me. Hey, welcome to the club. I was there this summer. I was there early, way early. And, and, and I was off, off. Well, I'm on, you, you got to, like you said, respect the football. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, his ability to deliver the pass. Is, I found something he said real funny. They were asking about his toe. He says, it hurts really, really bad. And then they said, is it like turf toe? And he says, no, it's worse than turf toe. I had turf toe, and this is worse. Turf toe ruins careers. Turf toe retired Deion Sanders. Turf toe is a really bad. Uh, Patrick bad Willis. Injury. Yes. Patrick Willis, really, that monster really of a man. Turf toe took him down. It's a really bad injury, and I haven't heard a lot. And I'm not saying I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But I haven't heard too many guys say that they ha or haven't reported that they have turf toe. And <clears throat> excuse me, and then they go on and have two and three and four more successful seasons. You get turf toe, your days are numbered. And this guy's talking like, yeah, I had it, but it's gone now. And now what I have is worse. I'm like, what? liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But in any event, their defense is right in the thick of it at number five. Now, dropping down, look, who, look right there, number 10, okay? Not in the first column, not in the second column. But in that third column of defense, only giving up 21.8 per, points per game, there's those New Orleans Saints adding a little bit of craziness uh, uh, to this whole season. Now, look, 21.8 points per game, right? Number 10. Right. Listen to number 11, 12, 13. This is, listen to this real quick, right behind them. San Francisco, Tampa Bay, Indianapolis, Pittsburgh, L.A. Rams, Kansas City, Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennesseeville. Those are all the teams trailing <laughs> this particular group right here as far as points against is concerned. Um, that's all mainly the 22 to 23 points per game group. That's kind of right there behind 
uh, this group. So it's going to be interesting to see who can who can hang as we get into this last third of the season. And, and last but not least, ATOD average turnover differential. Um, Indianapolis Colts in first place at 1.4 plus 1.4 turnover uh, differential per game, ranking number one. Uh, Buffalo at an even one, number two. And going down there, all just less than one, but ranging from 0.7 to 0.3, you have Arizona, Green Bay. There you go. Minnesota, New England, okay, number six in turnover differential. So that puts New England in three of the four categories, right? No, all four categories. All four categories. Tampa yes. Bay, right behind them, Dallas. Uh, there's New Orleans again at nine and right behind them the la rams so that wraps up your top 10 and those those areas that we think are mainly are the most important areas because again yards don't win games points win games and these are the actual point records as we always say we don't rank these teams they rank themselves right benny that is correct all right uh, oh, let me say something about todd here sure. uh so if you look at the teams from one to 10 in turnover differential, it's funny. The number one team, the Indianapolis Colts, has a quarterback, Carson Wentz, who was being slapped over the head about turning the ball over, getting strip sacked, running and fumbling, not sliding, getting tackled and fumbling, throwing interceptions. They're number one. Now, granted, that means that they take the ball away more than they give it away. So props have to go out to their defense, no doubt about it. But when you have a quarterback that now is very careful with the ball and a running back who does not fumble, you're not going to give the ball away very much, if at all. Talk bad about Josh Allen if you want. The guy does not throw a lot of picks. He does not fumble a lot. The running backs, I can't say a whole lot about. To me, that's the weakness of their team, but they don't fumble much. Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Mac and Cheese, Brady, Dak. These are all really top quarterbacks. They don't throw picks. Their defense gets them, but they don't give them away. That's big. Well, you know, interesting. Um... Just want to mention uh, Minnesota because, you know, um, my Niners play Minnesota. And we always, you know, I always like to mention Kirk Cousins if I can. Um, and the, they ended that last game and, and beat Green Bay. Actually, they're tied in turnover differential. <coughs> that's, the, that's the same division. But I really thought that that last pass that he threw um, – that uh, what was it? Their rookie uh, went out and caught. Um, it well, looked you lost like, me. You talking about Minnesota? I'm talking about Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, the great catch by Justin Jefferson? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he's not a rookie. Okay, what is he? Second year, right? Second year player. Yes, great, great second year player. All right, keep me straight. Keep me straight. But long story short, I thought that was somewhat of a fifty-fifty, and I was like, uh-oh, is this a Kirk? Cousin. Oh, this is, this is, you, no, no, 
you really bailed out. Bro, you are really bailed. hard on him, man. That is not that was a great pass. Oh man, he was getting blasted when he threw that ball up in the air. So what? Okay. How many times you see guys throw? Aaron Rodgers gets blasted and throws touchdowns? Hey, yes, he what? does. And Tom Brady does, gets blasted. He does at a far higher clip than what Kirk Cousins normally did. All right, okay. Keep he had a few Kirk Cousins moment, but they overcame them. And he put up like 20, 30 points. So, I mean, I give them – you got to give them uh, – uh, they're just due for what they're, what they're doing offensively and, pro and production and things of that nature. Uh, are they in the top yeah. 10? You're mixing no. what you're seeing with – while we're talking about the numbers. The numbers don't lie. But sometimes what you're seeing doesn't quite tell the whole story. You have to give the man credit for the good things that he does, because believe me, he does plenty of bad. He's good Kirk one day. He's bad Kirk the next day. I think last week he was a little bit of both. But I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's go to the next segment, the Pro Football Bias Plus Reports. And then we're going to start off this, I believe, is the Thursday. Wait a minute. There's like three Thursday games. Because <laughs> Thursday is Thanksgiving. And if we didn't say Happy Thanksgiving to everybody, Ben, do you have a particular Thanksgiving uh, message that you want to send out? A particular Thanksgiving message? Enjoy your day. Sleep late. <laughs> Make sure your fantasy roster is complete. <laughs> Eat all you want. I'll be in the gym on Friday, so I'm not even going to worry about it. One day's not going to kill me. There you you know what I mean? Have fun. Enjoy your family. Kiss the babies and all that stuff. And uh, just have a great day. There you go. There you go. Um, I am particularly um, interested in how – much our people, I'm saying our people, African-American people, adopted the cultures, traditions of the United States. And, and I was brought up, let's say the Christmas tradition, the Thanksgiving tradition, you know, we're brought up in those traditions. In many cases, those are not really good traditions <laughs> to, to the history of the United States. <laughs> but um, you know, we're it's like uh, it's Thanksgiving. We must a buy a turkey, b <laughs> congregate, you know, and all of that. And I know the story of the Indians, you know, where they had the the, the feast for the pilgrims, and they kind of say that this is what it's you know traces back to. Okay, you know, but in any event, yeah, day yeah. off. Good food. I hope everybody is enjoying themselves. I'm not doing congregant events yet, but um, you know, I hey, you know, the funny thing is, how many days, how many days out the year do I normally eat turkey? Like 365 days in a year, 300 of them <laughs> eat turkey. So, you know, what can I tell you? You know, it'll be 360 or 301 days <laughs> that I'll be eating turkey. And then with the leftovers, two, three, and four. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. The Pro Football Bias Special Report, NFL Week 12, 2021. 12 of 18, Ben. That leaves us with 
six weeks of regular season football after this? Sounds right. Want to mention, and we'll talk about it in current events a little bit more. We are at the point where they're starting to implement the flex schedules, where they're moving games around from there might be a four o'clock Sunday game to the Sunday night game and moving stuff around time-wise on the Saturdays that are coming up and, and things of that nature. So uh, I have stuff at the Ben and Barry Facebook page that kind of talks about how that whole flex system works, you know. Do you, I guess I guess that really doesn't mean much relative to fantasy, right? No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see where that matchups are. What they are. What time the game is played. I mean, unless you care about things like what time the game is played, East Coast, West Coast, that kind of thing. But you know, other than that, no. Yeah. Usually they're moving it to a later time, so it's just more time. You know, not less time. So. All right. Chicago Bears at Detroit Lions buys plus score 3.9 favors the Chicago Bears. Benny, come on, Lions. You got the rookie quarterback that's favored over you, and it's not the rookie plan, though, is it? No, I, I picked the Lions last week. They had every chance to beat Cleveland, and they didn't do it. I was very disappointed. Um, oh, God. Lions. First of all, they got a backup quarterback. His name is Boyle. I forget his first name. Uh, basically, he's just some dude. Uh, it wouldn't matter who they put back there because they really have no wide receivers to speak of. DeAndre Swift is basically the entire offense. And he had a really nice game, especially a nice fantasy game, put up good production uh, against the Browns. But they just decided, well, we'll just kick field goals and forget about scoring touchdowns and maybe we can outscore the Browns because our defense is playing fairly well. But it wasn't good enough. The Lions really disgust me. Uh, the Bears also put up a pretty good defensive effort against the Ravens last week. But Justin Fields was in, in the process of stinking it up really badly. Then he got some bruised ribs, so he had to leave the game. The Red Rifle. One of your favorite players, Andy Dalton, came in to relieve him. Actually threw two touchdown passes. But for the most part, he was super inaccurate, looked crappy. Uh, David Montgomery was average. So, again, both teams can only hang their hats on their defense at this point. No amount of flexing can save us from the first game on Thanksgiving morning. It's the Lions against the Bears. The Lions are at home. I am going to pick the Lions again. I'm going to go against the bias because it's Thanksgiving Day and the Lions are at home. And I watched Barry Sanders lose year after year after year. And I really, really want the Lions to win. So I'm picking the Lions strictly on my heart and not my head. Well, it's Interesting when I'm looking at the numbers, uh, Chicago is averaging uh, 0.4, 16.3. Detroit's averaging 16. So it's pretty much a wash. They're scoring, both scoring basically 16 points per game. Biggest difference uh, is that the Lions are ranked 30th. They're giving up 27.3. And Chicago is ranked uh, 21st only giving up 24. So defensively, 
is where they they make the biggest difference. Now, Detroit, you said some guy named Boyles is playing for Goff? Yeah. Yeah. You're betting on Boyle. It's it's some dude named Boyle against Andy Dalton. This is it's <laughs> just wanted to make there's all kinds of memes on Facebook about, well, I guess you'll have to find some reason to talk to your family on Thanksgiving because this game ain't worth watching. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny, Ben. Um, having played on bad teams <laughs> myself, <laughs> there are times when there's some exciting football being played because I mean, if you're going to see a big play, it'll probably be oh. against two bad teams. Somebody's going to screw Believe me. This is, it's an NFL football game, no matter how you want to put it. So I'm watching. I'm oh, not no going to miss it. No doubt about it. No doubt yeah, about it. I think the Lions are due. They're actually overdue. They should have won last week, and they got a good chance this week. I like the Lions. Is this the game where the winner gets the turducken? That's yeah, that used to be the tradition, yes. I don't know if it still is. I think it still might be, Ben. That was a that was a Madden thing. Madden came up with that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. There was a story, I'm not sure if it's on our Facebook page. If not, I'll find it and put it up on there. Talking about the the the, the person who introduced Madden to the turducken. Really? <laughs> Somebody you knew in a restaurant someplace. That's so. crazy. All right, all right. Well, look, um, you're going with Detroit going against the bias. Las Vegas Raiders at the Dallas Cowboys. Bias plus score 12.2 favors the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I no longer feel comfortable <laughs> that, the, that when the bias favors Dallas. <laughs> Why? Because because of the way they performed against the Chiefs, and they were again basically like fourteen by a plus score of fourteen favoring them against the Chiefs, and uh, it, it was interesting because the Chiefs put pressure on them with four rushers. Then you know they didn't even have to blitz, and, and I just thought that Dak looked stiff. He didn't look mobile and fluid, you know, and. It was somebody I was watching uh, somebody else play, and I was saying who that, how that person looked so much more mobile and fluid than Dak did. So okay, bias plus score twelve point two favors Dallas Cowboys. What do you got? All right, I'm gonna explain it to you. Explain right. it. First of all, let me get this out of the way. The Raiders are crumbling right before our eyes. They've lost their last three games in a row. Derek Carr has four touchdowns in the last three games and four interceptions in the last three games, and he hasn't thrown over 300 yards. So you know I'm not picking the Raiders, okay? <laughs> now, let me explain this to you. <laughs> the Cowboys came into the game handicapped. They could have won this game. They should have won this game. Handicapped, you said. Handicapped. And they were handicapped because they didn't have Amari Cooper. Then they were further handicapped because C.D. Lamb went down with a concussion. They had a good plan on defense, but they panicked on offense. And this is why their coaching staff really needs to take the blame for this game. First of all, unlike the Raiders the week before who got blown out by the Chiefs, they had the blueprint, they balled up, threw it in the trash, and they got blown out. The Cowboys are smarter than that defensively. They came in, 
They played cover two, and they held Kansas City to 19 points. They sacked Mahomes three times. They got an interception. They also recovered a fumble. Now, with Cooper out, then C.D. Lamb gets a concussion. He goes out. That left Dak with a wide receiver core of Michael Gallup, who just came back from injury, tight end Dalton Schultz, who's played well, really well early in the season, but kind of okay lately, and a bunch of dudes I never freaking heard of, okay? He was saying names of guys. I never heard of these guys. I've been watching the Cowboys all year. I don't know these guys. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't know if they were fourth and fifth stringers. I don't know if they came up from the practice squad. Probably didn't come up from, well, somebody came up from the practice squad because they knew Cooper wasn't going to play, at least one of them. But, and, and mostly we're hearing their names because they were either dropping passes or their routes were shabby and Dak couldn't hit them. So offensively, he was jacked up. He didn't throw any t- touchdowns and he threw two interceptions. But here's the problem. Here's the real problem. Real problem wasn't Dak. That wasn't the real problem. No, that wasn't the real problem. Okay. It turned into the problem because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Zeke only carried the ball. Excuse me? Which was? Zeke only carried the ball nine times. There we go. That's what I'm waiting for. 32 yards in a close game. They couldn't get the off either. Excuse me? They couldn't get the other running back off either. Tony Pollard ran seven times for 50 yards. So they were successful in the little bit of time that they were used, but they weren't used. Pollard ran seven times for 50. He caught two balls for 20. He's the pass catching back. And Zeke can catch passes too. He Why actually not used better statistically than what I, than I remember. I remember him getting hit in the backfield and, and, you know, so he must have had a few really good runs. Tony Pollard is a really good back. Yes, he is. Tony Pollard could start on a good number of NFL teams right now. Yeah, I agree. Okay? If you don't feed them, if you're throwing the ball to receivers that you don't even know who the hell they are, <laughs> okay, when you got Zeke and Pollard back there with the threat of the run and the ability to catch the ball and you don't use them, that's your fault. So instead of feeding those two guys in a close game, Now the Chiefs can pin their ears back and come. They're teeing off on him. And they kept dropping him back, dropping him back, dropping him back, and they kept rushing him and rushing him and rushing him. Hence, they lose a game that they very easily could have won. Their defense played well enough for them to win that game. They took the blueprint of the cover two, which Andy Reid still has not figured out yet, and held them boys down to 19 points and didn't generate any offense on their own because they didn't continue to run the ball and feed two players that they know or should have known would produce for them. Bam. That's why they lost. Had nothing to do with that. That can only run the plays that they call. So this week then coming up against the Raiders – who is, oh, I'm taking the Cowboys all the way. They, they should kill the Raiders. Lamb is back, right? No, Lamb is not back. Lamb will not be back. 
He's not going to be back. No. So if you can get uh, Gallup for fantasy, you should grab him. If you can get Schultz for fantasy, you should grab him. Those other guys aren't even on the radar. I don't know who the hell they are. I think when they go back and they look at the film, the Cowboys will realize that they have four playmakers left on their offense and they need to feed them continuously. Is Zeke, what, is he hurt? He's got a knee, but he practiced in full. He did not have a limited practice today. He practiced in full and said, yeah, I'm a little banged up, but I'm going to play through it. Well, everybody's banged up a little bit now, as they say. So, okay, all right, fantastic. Yeah, guys are banged up and they're getting limited practices and sitting on the sideline riding the bike. Zeke had a full practice. All right, you're going with the Cowboys. Bam, up next. Ah, that strange team. No, not the Saints, the Buffalo Bills, that strange team. (laughs) At the other strange team, the New Orleans Saints, bias plus score, 9.3 favors the Buffalo Bills. How do you feel about that one? Uh, Okay, so... I think this that Any, wraps up Thursday night. Yeah, any anything the Saints thought they had going for them defensively, where they could hold teams down, slow down running games, play pretty good in the back, and give Trevor Simeon a chance to game manage them to a win, was destroyed by the Eagles last week. <laughs> they were a top run defense, and the Eagles ground them boys up. It was ugly. It was real ugly. And Simeon looked really, really bad. So bad to the point now where they're questioning whether or not he should remain the starter. Uh, I know we're going to talk about um, Taysom Hill's contract and all later on. And some of that contract has something to do with him playing quarterback. But at this point, I don't know that they're going to make that change, uh, especially on a short week and him still just a week over having a concussion. But the way Simeon plays uh, tomorrow, I'm sorry, what's the, is today Wednesday? Oh, yeah. The way Simeon plays tomorrow, I'm getting crazy here. No. The way Simeon plays tomorrow is going to tell us a whole lot about what they're going to do for the course of the season as far as their uh, quarterback situ- situation is concerned. Um, now, so so this, this is one of those things where we, when we talk about <laughs> the genius coach, okay? New Orleans yeah. Saints, the genius coach. Right. So, you've seen Trevor Simeon. Yes. You've seen Taysom Hill. Yes. Do you think Trevor Simeon should be starting over Taysom Hill? I I think because Taysom Hill has been on the team longer and and has played, uh, had several starts at quarterback for them, uh, albeit when the team was a little bit better than they are now, uh, you would have to consider it. You would have to consider it. But I don't know that Taysom Hill is going to be that much better. I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I really don't. He's going to have to prove it to me. If they make the move, they make the move. But let's remember, and this is all I'm going to say about this contract thing because I know we're going to talk about it later. Let's just remember that the difference between him making $30 million and 90-something million has a lot to do with him playing quarterback. 
Oh yeah. They're not, they're not in a hurry to put him back there. They're not going to be in a hurry to put them put him back there. They're going to try their best to live with Trevor Simeon. Two reasons. Number one, because they don't want to pay out all that money. That's why they gave him the funky contract in the first place. So he go, oh, yeah, I can make up the $95 million. I'll sign it. And they're going, you know, we never have to put him at quarterback. You know that, right? Okay. And two, because he does so many other things. He's the Swiss Army knife. He's the secret weapon. You, you, you take that away from him and put him back at quarterback, does that make your team better or worse? I don't know. The now, thing that's interesting is, are the Saints committed to a two-quarterback system? Because if, you know, no, I mean, you they're not. Rolling on the Swiss Army knife, but the, the main other way that he can be used is as a, a running quarterback to back up your pocket quarterback. So now but you then you have to change your system. That's not the New Orleans system. That's what they've been running since the last five years. What are you talking about? Well, that's, that's what they were bringing them in for with Drew. They would bring them in and, and situations where they need to That's a change of pace. That's a change of pace. That's like going wildcat three times a game. That ain't no two quarterback system. Well, it's using two quarterbacks, but you want to be you want to be more specific about the two the term two quarterback system. Yeah. It, it, okay, so 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 if they put Kamara at quarterback and he runs the wildcat, what's that? Now if they did it once, system? that's one thing. But they do they do that with they do that with Taysom Hill a lot, and so okay. that's why He's I was saying. But how would you how would you term then that what they were doing? How would you term that? I would term that as him being used at running back, at tight end, and at quarterback. Just what he is. He's that special guy that can do a lot of different things, give you change of pace, spell other players, and still be effective. In my okay, eyes, so, he is so not that, a quarterback. So that, let's just call him that then, okay? You're going to keep that if you're the Saints, no matter who your starting quarterback is. Is that correct? Is that what you see the Saints if doing? I believe that the Saints want to have a real quarterback, an actual quarterback who doesn't play anything else but quarterback, and use Taysom Hill to full advantage with all the other things that he can do. Yes, I believe that they would prefer to do that. Now, they may have to finish this season with him at quarterback, because I don't know who the other quarterbacks are that they have on their roster. And if Simeon stinks it up, they got to do something because they want to win games. But going into the future, like going into the next season, I would not be surprised at all if they don't go out and find a quarterback somewhere or draft one somewhat high. And, and don't get me wrong, Trevor Simeon threw three touchdowns in this game. They were garbage time touchdowns because the Eagles ran out to a big lead, but he did throw three touchdown passes. So, you know, the guy's capable. It's just the game got away from him. And they depended on their so-called vaunted run defense, and it got smashed. And Mark Ingram did his best uh, uh, to replace Alvin Kamara, but he's only going to do so much. 16 carries, 88 yards, caught a couple passes. He didn't score any touchdowns, and they fell way behind. So that took him out of the game. 
You think they're a much more physical team than the Bills? Because that might be where the Bills have a problem. Who, the Eagles? No, the Saints. Wait, you're saying are the Saints more physical than the Bills? Yes. I'm just asking you. No. Okay. All right. So that's not that's not a factor then. No. In this game, this weekend, that won't be a factor at all. And all right. Bias plus score 9.3 favors the Buffalo Bills, which I'm completes the, Bills. the I'm sorry? I'm taking the Bills. Ben's taking the Bills. And that wraps up your Thanksgiving slate of football games. By the time this game goes off, Ben, we'll be laid back, stuffed, <laughs> and ready to wrap it up because that's uh, three good – and you get to see all the games. This is, again, one of the great things about this time and watching football, uh, unlike where you've got six to seven games running at the same time during a regular – you know, uh, weekday now in this particular week uh, end of football, you have a lot of opportunity to see a lot more of, you know, the entire game, you know, even some of what you might consider the humdrum plays, you know, second and, you know, you get three yards or whatever. But though, again, the more I watch it, the more I see where, okay, ooh, that, that, that five yards he got on that first down didn't look like a whole bunch. But now it's second and five, <laughs> you know, and, and so many things change. And so you get to see all of the, the more intricate aspects of the game. So I'm really looking forward to, to really watching uh, these three teams. All right. You ready for the Sunday slate of games? We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them, 11 of them, it looks like. We have a 14 games. Uh, all together, so that would be probably 10 because we have a Monday night game. Let's look at division game, correct? Correct. Weird, 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 always weird within the division. Bias plus score 6.3 favors the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'll tell you, um, Big Ben had COVID, sat out a week, and then came back and looked a bit rejuvenated. I don't know that he – I'm assuming he was asymptomatic. Um, he looked like he was at full strength. His arm looked lively. Uh, he looked pretty good uh, last week. The uh, – well, in, in fact, I shouldn't say he looked pretty good. He looked really good. They scored 37 points. Uh, he wasn't real good early in the game. I believe he played a lot better in the second half. Again, they kind of fell behind the Chargers. Uh, he threw three touchdown passes in the second half in a, a, a vain effort to come back and win the game. But Ben, but ben did look good. The, the scary thing for the Steelers is – the Chargers, who are on the low end of run defense, figured out a way to stifle Najee Harris. That's not good. That's not good for the Steelers going forward. They're going to have to work on their run game a little bit. And I'm not talking about Najee. I'm talking about the offensive linemen. Something went wrong there. 
and like I said, the Chargers had the formula to uh, hold Najee down. And that basically is how they ended up winning the game. Um, so the Steelers are going to have to take that into consideration. Cincinnati, on the other hand, played really well last week. Of course, they were playing the Raiders. Like I said, the Raiders are crumbling. Um, this is a big win for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. They needed that. Um, Joe Burrow did not look great. Uh, he did throw a touchdown pass to Jamar Chase, but he missed him on a couple of deep throws a few times. So that wasn't good. But Jamar Chase is really scary. So you kind of got to get him out there and toss it up to him a couple of times. And when you're successful, it's really huge for you. And when you're unsuccessful, it scares the crap out of the defense. Uh, Joe Mixon was basically the offense in this one. Uh, he looked really strong and he looked extremely quick. I think Joe Burrow's been, uh, I'm sorry, Joe Mixon's been uh, carrying a couple of little nagging injuries around with him, but their bye week did him well. He ran the ball 30 times. That's a strong game. 30 rushes for 123 yards, and he scored two touchdowns. So we're real good game for Joe Mixon. Burrow can play better. Jamar Chase is tough to cover. I'm going to take the Bengals. Going with the bias, 6.3 favors the Bengals. That's not a big bias. As, as you remember when we looked back at the Dallas Cowboys, for example, that was 12.2. So, um, yeah, yeah, this – and. This is one of my potential intriguing games, but there's a lot of intriguing games for me this week. So let's go to the next one. I definitely see this is intriguing. Those Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to visit the Indianapolis Colts. Bias plus score Ben. Two. <laughs> Ooh. Two favors the Tampa Bay <clears throat> Buccaneers. This is going to be a good one. This one is a legitimate candidate for uh, uh, intriguing game of the week. Um, it's going to be a big test. This is going to be a big test for Carson Wentz. This will be a big test for Carson Wentz because the strength of the Buccaneers defense is their run defense. Although I have seen teams run on them, it hasn't been to the extent of the kind of damage that Jonathan Taylor has been doing. He's running amok right now. And, and it's, it doesn't look like there's going to be any end to that. So if the Buccaneers uh, run defense is the strength of their defense, I expect to see them really turn it up and try to stop Jonathan Taylor and make Wentz beat them. Um, wow. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if Wentz is going to be able to hold up. I, I really don't. But stopping the run, if they're able to at least slow him down, or at this point he's playing so well, I have to use the same old phrase that we used to use back. The, they used to use back. Uh, I forget the, the guy on ESPN. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. So if they can contain him and they can keep the Colts in passing situations and then turn the pass rush loose on Wentz, then the Buccaneers will probably win this game. However, if they cannot contain him, 
if they really have difficulty slowing him down and the Colts are very patient and continue to feed the rock, run the clock, and keep Wentz out of bad situations, the Buccaneers could have a problem. They could have a problem. We've already seen them have problems. They could have a problem in this game. I, I tell you what, this going to be a good one. I'm not real sure about this. The Colts are home. Buccaneers, ooh, man, you know what? I'm going with the Colts. I'm going to take the Colts, and I'm going to tell you why. I believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to run the ball on the Buccaneers. I believe they will spend so much time and energy trying to slow him down that the play action will work and Wentz will complete passes and he will continue to move the ball, uh, uh, take care of the time of possession, control the time of possession. This could be a slugfest. Their defense is not horrible. Um, they're going to be challenged, obviously. Mike Evans, uh, Godwin is looking wonderful right now. They're playing three tight ends, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, and Gronk. They're loaded on offense, no doubt about it. The Buccaneers are loaded on offense. I think they're shortchanging Fournette a little bit. They might want to reconsider that and try to match run game with run game. I'm overthinking this right now. I'm kind of going crazy. This could be a real good, intriguing game, but I am going to take the Indianapolis Colts. I, I, I like Carson Wentz right now. This new change of scenery for him has done him wonders, and uh, I believe he's going to play a great game. Ah, ben, the NFL has something called next-gen stats. And I don't, this is not a next-gen stat per se, but I want to put it in the running for one. Okay. And it's mind farts per game. Okay. So that's, that's what happens. And that makes the difference. That's why Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. That's why, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Trubisky is Trubisky when he, when he Trubisky's it up, that means he has an extraordinary amount of mind farts per game, especially at critical times. So that's going to be the interesting thing with, with Wentz. You brought it up earlier that, um, you know, Indianapolis is uh, – where, where Number where one. It? Number one in turnover differential. Number one in turnover differential with a guy right. who that was – That means a lack of brain farts. Just one year ago. That's lack of brain farts. Lack of brain. Yes, absolutely. 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 So, you know, it, it, has he made that that turnaround? Does this make all the difference? This is going to be a test game. And uh, that, that bias plus score of two um, is really close. So uh, I'm, this was an intriguing game for me also. You're going with the Colts and going against the bias. All right, mister. All right, Ben, next game up, the Carolina Panthers visit the Miami Dolphins. The bias plus score 6.6 .6 favors the Cam Newton Carolina Panthers. <laughs> you're, you're determined to call them the Cam Newton Panthers, aren't you? Yes. That's I'm okay. That, that's okay. The fans love him. He loves being there. 
and it's being reflected in the way that he's playing and the joyous way that he's playing. Uh, I think that they were smart in bringing him in last week in just a few packages, uh, but it was obvious that uh, it was time for him to become a starter. They decided to do it this weekend coming up. He's better than PJ Walker, let's face it. And uh, that's what they're gonna do. So although they lost last week and they lost to the Washington football team, which may not sound good, Cam himself was really good. First of all, no turnovers. Second of all, he completed 20 of 25 for 189. That's not much, but in that 189, he gave out two touchdown passes. He also ran for 46 yards and he ran for a touchdown again. Okay. Always a threat on the ground. I'm just wondering what's going to happen if he has to throw the ball a little bit more, but we will see that as we go. But right now, him and Christian McCaffrey are a triple option threat at all times and anywhere on the field. McCaffrey ran 10 times for 59. He caught seven passes for 60, and he scored a touchdown on a pass. And DJ Moore, now, because they're running the ball so well and they're able to RPO and, 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 and do everything that they do with Cam and McCaffrey, DJ Moore now uh, has to make as much as he can out of the few targets that he's going to get. He's not going to get 10, 12, 14 targets a game. This game, he got seven targets. He caught five balls, but he caught one for a touchdown, and he got 50 yards. So I like the Panthers in this game. Now, I'm not going to say anything really bad about the Dolphins. They beat the Jets last week. Tua played well. Uh, the Jets' defense obviously didn't put up much of a fight. Carolina's defense has been a little up and down, but I, they're far better than the Jets' defense, obviously. Um, Tua's running the short game really, really well. And when they don't ask too much of him and they don't ask him to throw the ball deep very often, he can really carve you up. 27 to 33 against the Jets. They're still an NFL team. He was carving them up, man. He threw two touchdown passes last week. And Miles Garrett, uh, Miles Gaskin, rather, the running back, had a really nice day. So this is going to be a very very interesting game. A lot of things to look for in this game. I'm going to take the Panthers because I think that um, uh, the team is, is going to be really excited about Cam uh, coming in here, starting another game, getting another start under his belt, um, getting to, to uh, really use his legs. Uh, let's remember the Dolphins seem to be trying to go back to the way they played defense last year with a lot of man-to-man -man coverage. And sometimes when a team runs a lot of man-to-man -man coverage, they leave themselves open to get run on by a quarterback. Okay? So this could be a really big game for Cam. I'm expecting a big game from Cam. I know Tua is playing well, but I don't think that dink and dunk is going to be good enough, so I'm taking the Panthers. Interesting point you're making about, you know, the again, you have the two mobile quarterbacks. Um, and uh, uh, basically what was a, a college coach not that long ago who probably knows what to do with two mobile quarterbacks. <laughs> like that was what we used to do 
<laughs> not that long ago. I don't know what type of system he ran in college, but you know, college is much more option related, you know, than uh, than the pros. Long story short, yeah, you, you know, there's some good points that you make. The only thing that is the big differentiator here, and again, favors Carolina, is their defense ranked number six. Their yeah. offense is 22nd. Miami on offense and defense are in the are in the 20s, so they're basically just not producing. But if that Carolina Panthers defense comes to play, yeah, um, you know, that's going to make the difference uh, right there at about one touchdown differentiation. Okay, you going with the Panthers. Another potential intriguing game, Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. Bias to score 8.6. Favors the Patriots. Who would have thunk it come week 12 that the Patriots would be favored over the Titans? What has this world come to, Ben? Oh, gosh. The Titans are in a little bit of trouble. And I say a little bit of trouble because they played so well, so well early on when Derrick Henry was healthy that uh, they've pretty much uh, taken – they pretty much won the division – and it's going to be tough for anybody to um, over, over, overcome them as far as the number one seed is concerned. Uh, it could still happen, but it would take a few losses in a row for that to happen. I don't know that that's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, the Titans are in a little bit of trouble. Number one, Deontay Foreman. Uh, McNichols, they released Adrian Peterson. Uh, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah, they had to let him go, man. And he didn't play bad last week. Well, then why did they have to let him go? Because they made room for a younger guy that they brought up from the practice squad. Uh, Dontrell, I forgot his last name. Well, um, they're looking for Dontrell to um, improve on the production that Adrian Peterson no, they're looking for every back they got in a uniform to, oh, to outperform Adrian Pe Excuse me, Adrian Peterson? Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right. First of all, they don't have a runner that can produce on the ground like Derrick Henry. They don't even have a runner that – they don't have two runners that <coughs> – excuse me, that can produce on the ground like Adrian Peterson. So that means that they need to go with a conventional – one, two down back, and then the third down back that can catch the ball. That way, if game script dictates that they can run the ball, they can do that throw when they want to. If game script dictates that they have to pass the ball, then they need a back that can swing out, catch the flare passes, get downfield, line up wide sometimes, things of that nature. Adrian Peterson was not that guy. So, you know. They they had to they had to let him go, and bring somebody else in there that could do that. Um, I I don't blame them. Um, the bigger problem is Julio Jones is out. The guy that took his place, Marcus Johnson, is now out for the season with a bad hamstring, a really bad hamstring. So he's done. And then AJ Brown, the obvious number one receiver on the team, trying to carry the load took a chest injury 
I think he got that same thing you got that time when we were playing up there in the park. The sternum? That, yeah, that sternum contusion. Oh, man. my goodness. So now we have to watch and see how much practice time he gets in this week. But if he's their only guy, the Titans are in trouble, man. They can't control the ball on the ground, and they have to throw it. Tannehill's more than capable, but he needs weapons, and he may not have them. So this game could be a big problem for the Titans. I'm going to take the Patriots. Number one, they're home, and the weather will probably be bad. Number two, mac and cheese is playing really well right now. And number three, the defense looks excellent. There's no doubt in my mind about this game. I'm going with the Patriots. They are hot. They're playing well. They're home. They're feeling good about themselves. And the Titans are, they're in a little bit of trouble. They're going, they're going to have problems putting points on the board. If you can't put points on the board, you play right into the hands of a team that has a good run game, a strong defense, and a game manager quarterback. You, 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 you're giving the game to them on a silver platter. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is true. That is true. Um, when I look at the vital statistics, Tennessee ranked 10th uh, offensively and 19th defensively, 21st in turnover differential. The Patriots are ranked 6th offensively, 1st defensively, and 6th in turnover differential. So just a notch above in terms of what they're, they've done. And again, we don't rank these teams. They rank themselves. So all of those things that you said about the Titans, it's going to be interesting to see. Can they overcome? Do they have a, a, a plan? Um, I was trying to take a who, – who normally backs up Derrick Henry? Didn't they have the guy from the Patriots? Uh, no, it was a guy named Jeremy McNichols, and it was Deontay Foreman. Okay, all right. All They're right. still there. But they don't seem to be the answer. N not to this point, no. Okay, all right. It's only been a couple of games. We'll, we'll see. All right. Next up. Uh-oh. Roro. Philadelphia Eagles at the New York football Giants. Bias plus score 9.3 favors the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> E-A-G-L-E, whatever. Uh, okay, let me, let me get this out of the way. So the Giants' offense looked horrible. Um, they left the defense on the field far too long to have to deal with the Tom Brady-led team, and they took a beating as they were supposed to. Uh, the offense is unimaginative. Uh, it's, it's, it's predictable. It's, it's freaking Jason Garrett. Guess what? He's out of here. Yay. So who's the new OC? Hey, Ben. Freddie freaking Kitchens. <laughs> One of the worst coaches I've ever seen in my life. He was a head coach of the Browns a couple of seasons ago, and he was an embarrassment. Now this guy's calling plays? That's an improvement? Jesus. Yo, bro, I, pick, take the Eagles. 
Good Lord. This is crazy. First of all, I praised the Eagles last week. I praised Jalen Hurts. I'm going to do it again. Jalen Hurts is on fire right now. This guy is a winner. He only passed the ball for 147 yards, and he didn't throw any touchdown passes. But he ran the ball 18 times. That's running back carries 18. 18 times for 69 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Now, here's the difference in the Eagles from the beginning of the season and now. Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott combined for 33 carries. 33 carries against a top-notch run defense in the Saints and ran them boys right out of Lincoln Financial. Eagles fans, I know y'all are glad to see Sanders finally getting some significant usage. He actually had 16 carries on his own. He got 94 yards out of that. Now, there's a little problem with Sanders, and this might be why he was in the doghouse early. He's got a fumbling issue out all of a sudden. I don't know what's going on. He fumbled once and lost one. He mishandled a snap, and he almost lost another fumble, but the ref saved him. I think they said his forward progress was stopped or something. So that's an issue. But they seem like they realize now that they have to run the ball. And they're lucky that they have a guy like Hertz who can hurt you dropping back, scrambling and taking off, and on design runs. So I like what the Eagles are doing right now. I think it's smart. Um, I don't want him to go crazy with it, but Jalen Hurts looks like Cam. I mean, he's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he can throw the ball. He's not super accurate on the deep ball, but when you're running like that and your backs are contributing, you don't have to go deep very much. So, yeah, in this game, and believe me, I, I bet people in the beginning of the season on this game and told them that I thought the Giants were going to win. But they're a mess right now on offense, and I can't defend them anymore. So uh, put the smart money goes on the Eagles in this one. Yeah, I, you know, you're, I know you backed your Giants up. I was looking for the tape of last week's prediction. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, it must it have was destroyed. destroyed. It was destroyed. It was destroyed. Okay, all right. Something, I knew something happened to that. But uh, going with the Eagles, I know that had to kind of hurt a little bit on the inside, though, didn't it? Well, I, I what, to, to call a win for the Eagles against the Giants? Yeah. Nah, man. This is the Sterling Net Point NFL Pro Football Power <laughs> Rankings. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a journalist. <laughs> I'm a journalist. I got to give it to the people straight. You know what I mean? Straight, no chaser. My personal feelings, I keep to myself. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm a journalist. <laughs> well, the Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars bias plus score of 0. 0.3. Oh, my God. Favors those Jacksonville Jaguars. Man. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. 
Yes. A rookie quarterback favorite over an old vet. Again. I'm trying to think if I have anything good to say about either team. <laughs> I mean, the Falcons got shut out last week by the Patriots. Mm. Yeah. Shut out. So that's Zero. two rookie quarterbacks in a row, but much different situations relative to the teams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, well, here's the, here's the bad thing for the Jaguars, because I've just come right out and tell you right now, I'm taking the Jaguars in this game. They're not very good. But they played Seattle and Buffalo actually pretty well. And the one thing that seemed like they could hang their hat on was the fact that they were pretty tough against the run. Okay? So, uh, of course, the Niners pretty much crushed their hopes on that. But, but anyway, we'll get to your team later. <laughs> but the but I'm telling you, all they got to do is get after Matt Ryan. He's shell-shocked right now. He's shell-shocked right now. Riley's out. Um, Gage isn't doing anything. They're pretty much reduced to Kyle Pitts, and he's still feeling his way. He's, he's, he's playing like a rookie, a good rookie but not a great rookie. Uh, and, and their run game, I don't know if Corderell Patterson is going to be back this week, but Mike Davis didn't show me anything last week. The Falcons are in real trouble. This, it might be tanking time for the, for the Falcons at this point. So I'm, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. They're home. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. How's this for a thought? We named... Uh, um, Saquon, the gift, right? Rather than the Giants go into the draft and take a quarterback, they took Saquon, which I said would give Eli at least one more good year. And it did. And that's why we called him the gift. I'm wondering if we can move that title over to Kyle Pitts now. <laughs> no, it's not working. But the idea was there. I mean, you kept you you kept Matt Ryan and took Kyle Pitts. All the quarterbacks that could have been taken, you know, by the by the Falcons, they decided to stick with Matt Ryan because they figured, okay, we're gonna get him this super duper tight end and it's gonna work. Yeah, but he hasn't been super duper. Well, they didn't Damn. know that. They didn't know that when they were. No, they didn't know that then. I get well, it. That's, that's what I mean. It was the gift. It's the. Well, you can call him the gift if you want to. I'm not. He he's not helping. He can't. He's not good enough to save them. Not to mention that, at least, uh, what is this? We're going into week twelve, right? Back week three, week four, week five. I remember myself saying, "Matt Ryan still got juice. Matt Ryan can do." <laughs> Bro, he fell off a cliff. <laughs> he fell off a cliff. He did you did you watch any of their game? Did yeah. you see him on Red Zone? He looked like he didn't even want to play anymore. If he thought he could get away with it, he would have just went back in the locker room and said, "Man, I'm out of here." That's the look he had on his face. They're they're done. All right. Jacksonville Jaguars, Ben's going with the Jags with that .3 bias plus score. 
How about the L.A. Chargers visiting the Denver Broncos, Benny? I think this is a bit intriguing. Bias plus score of 2.1 favors the Denver Broncos. So Denver's favored in this game. And folks are going to say, oh, my God, Chargers looked tremendous last week. And you know what I'm going to say? They damn sure did. Let me tell you something, man. This Justin Herbert guy, he's he's had some bumps and bruises this season. He he's had some tough games. But he took the freaking Steelers apart. And he showed an added dimension to his game that we might not see consistently, but he showed us enough <clears throat> so that we know that it's there. Not only was he brilliant through the air, 30 of 41. 382, three touchdowns, but he scrambled, he juked, he sprinted, he ran nine times for 90 yards. That's a 10-yard average per run, bro, from your quarterback, not named Jamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, okay? Keenan Allen was tough to cover. Had 12 targets, caught nine of them. Austin Eckler looked like a stud. Scored two touchdowns on the ground and two touchdowns through the air. Austin Eckler looks unstoppable. Multi-purpose dude, okay? And then Mike Williams, who was hot and early in the season, but has been kind of quiet lately, scored a late touchdown, 53-yard bomb, catch and run, that won me a fantasy game. What? Bro, I was coming from behind. I had Herbert left to play. All the rest of my players had played. The other guy had Najee Harris. Uh, Charging defense slowed Najee Harris down enough. And then he got hurt and went out, but he came back. And I was real close. I was like, man, I'm going to lose this game because Najee's going to come back, have a couple of runs. (laughs) I'm going to be done. He threw that ball to Mike Williams. I ended up winning the game 155.68 to 155. What? Unbelievable. Unbelievable win. Man. Yeah. Take the charges. They're going with the charges over the Broncos. Absolutely. Really liking that Justin Herbert. Now, this doesn't have yeah. anything to do with um, Teddy not not trying to tackle that guy on that interception. I mean, No, 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 no. His, <laughs> his teammates don't seem to have a problem with it. I even heard somebody give another view that actually made sense. Like, when you see something like that, you're thinking, dude, just dive at his legs or put your arm out, grab his jersey or something. But suppose he goes and tries to make the tackle and his arm gets mangled. You know what I mean? Suppose he goes and the guy puts his head down, he go helmet to helmet, he gets a concussion. I'm just saying. So it's a business decision, but it's not necessarily a personal business decision. It's a good team business decision. Is that what you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I have nothing to say bad about Teddy. I didn't talk about Denver. I expect them to come back strong. They still have Melvin Gordon. They still have Javante Williams. They still have Jerry Judy. They still have uh, uh, Cortland Sutton. This is going to be a good game. 
Intriguing game as far as I'm concerned. So and very I would agree. Terms of the I would line. agree, but I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Going with the Chargers. All right. <sighs> mm. LA Rams. Green Bay Packers. NFC conference matchup. Bias plus score 1.1 favors the L.A. Rams. Now, if this isn't an intriguing game nomination, I don't know what is. When I look through the the Bias Plus score, the largest scores was the Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills scores at 12.2 and 9.3. There were a few sixes. Um, and another nine with the Eagles. But there's a lot of, like, ones and twos and, you know what I mean, two and point threes, a lot of really close games uh, coming up here. And this is a really close score with uh, uh, Aaron, broken toe, lie, lie, pants on fire, Rodgers, um, you know, saying he's going to be ready. And, they they did they get like a, a extra day or they get some kind of extra time because it sounded like he was well, I know what he said he said he just needed to get to the bye week so that that probably has nothing to do with this game all right Rams Packers got to be good who you got uh, Rams are coming off the bye that gives Odell a little bit extra time to uh, get into the playbook I expect him to play a little better for them and actually become a factor in their offense. Um, of course, they still have Cooper Cup. They still have Daryl Henderson. I don't think they use Daryl Henderson enough. Uh, Rams coaching staff needs to do some soul searching. And their defense needs to uh, start living up to their acclaim because they haven't been stellar either. So, you know, I, I don't know what's going over there in L.A. They could possibly come off this bye and really turn it around. But I'll tell you the truth. Last week, Aaron Rodgers looked freaking great. He looked great. 23 of 33, 385, four touchdowns. Unfortunately, with this toe and this immunization and all that, I think the football gods wanted to teach him a little lesson and let Kirk Cup. Is that what you is that your theory? <laughs> That's my theory. Because let's face it, Kirk Cousins played really well too. But he made some horrible mistakes in that game. We'll get to that when we talk about the Vikings. They shouldn't have won that game. Mm. They didn't deserve to win that game as well as Rodgers played. Uh, A.J. Dillon looked pretty good covering up for Aaron Jones. And Devontae Adams was his usual self. You know, uh, two touchdown passes, 115 yards. Uh, but... Yeah, I think the football guys was like, eh, we're going to teach a little lesson there, bro. Other than that, I like the Rams. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. I like the Rams to lose this game. I'm taking the Packers. Go on with the Pack, eh? Yes. All right. That's hard to, you know, either way because it's so, so close. And, again, this is one of those intriguing games as far as I am concerned. Let's talk about the Jets and the Texans. Why I don't know, but they have a <laughs> that we have to talk about. Oh, 
That ETS test, 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 that's number 32 in the net points versus number 31 in the net points. And, all right, let's see, drum roll, please. The Texans favored by a bias plus score of 3.8. Texans. And hey, 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 who's back quarterbacking for the Texans? Tyrod, Ty I got a hold in my lung Taylor. Taylor, baby. And Ty when Rod he plays, they, lung Taylor. <coughs> they play better when he's playing. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, first of all, real quick, let's get this out of the way. The Jets are a mess. Uh, Zach Wilson's back. Uh, Flacco didn't uh, impress anybody last week. Um, yeah, he's, he's just a backup at this point. He's just a guy, an old guy out there trying to extend his career and make a few more paychecks. Um, so there's, there's nothing really good I can say about the Jets, except for the fact that Zach Wilson is still a capable quarterback and they do have some pretty good wide receivers on this team. Elijah Moore. Yeah. Elijah Moore is a rookie who had a really good game last week, even though Flacco wasn't bet, wasn't good. The passes he did complete, Elijah Moore caught a whole bunch of them. Corey Davis, who came over from the Titans last year, is pretty good too. Uh, and they got another guy, I'm getting away. Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder, ex-Washington uh, football team wide receiver, is also on that team. So they can do some damage if they can keep Zach Wilson upright. That remains to be seen. Um, but the Texans, oh, man, they actually have a defense, bro. They actually have a defense. They're giving teams trouble. They're giving teams a lot of trouble. Um, did they beat last week? I'm sorry. I lost my – got my notes here. Oh, they beat the Titans 22-13. to 22-13. to 13. Tyrod Taylor's out there throwing his body around. Brandon yeah, did Cooks you see is the so one good. play where he dived over the guy and got yes. into the end Yes, I'm like, dude, you're trying to puncture trying to puncture the other lung. <laughs> you you gotta love a guy like that. <laughs> All that he's been through, okay, and to be on a team, a beleaguered organization like they are, with all the stuff that's going on and Deshaun and all the losing and and, and getting rid of players and all. These guys are out there balling, man. Now, I don't know if they're doing it because they're proud to be Texans and they're trying to show their fan base that they can, or if they're all trying to put enough stuff on tape they can get out of there and get jobs on another team. I don't know, okay? But the bottom line is their defense is flying around, bro. Their defense is flying around. They're getting picks, and they look good. I'm taking the Texans in this one, no doubt about it. They're going to win this game. Take the Texans. They're home. They got a weak team coming in. They got a rookie quarterback. And they're playing great defense at the moment. Well, let me say this much. You keep mentioning their defense. And Houston's defense is ranked 29th. Yep. Giving up an average of 27.1 points per game. 
Yep. That doesn't seem to be their strength. The interesting thing, compared to the Jets, who are ranked 27th on offense and 32nd on defense, the Texans are actually ranked 15th offensively. They're right okay. in the middle of the pack. I'm a little surprised at that. I'm a little surprised. So numbers-wise, it's their offense that I'm finding a little surprising. Uh, but you're going either way. You're going to go with the Texans. Yes, I am. All righty, all righty. Next up. <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings at my beloved San Francisco 49ers. Ben, Ben, Ben. Look at the zero point zero. <laughs> don't it just figure? Don't it yeah. just don't it just figure? Now you see in the background, you see the Niners up against the Vikings, but this is actually an older game. So you know I play the games, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, if you want to go to Ben and Barry on football, you'll see uh, one of the actual plays. Um, but the, the, in, the, in the game, I won the game by two points. Two points, I won the game. I won the game sticking with the run and playing as efficient. I felt like Mac Jones, Ben. I felt like Mac Jones. Ran the ball for 199 yards, had 129 yards passing, 14 first downs to six, right? Okay. Even better, right? Let's see if I can get this right here. Okay. Trey Lance versus Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had a quarterback rating of 101.8. So he wasn't slouching. He was 7 for 15, 139 yards, and a TD. Trey Lance, quarterback rating 110.3. For Trey okay. Lance, 12 for 13 for 136 yards, a 92% completion now benny i told you i was struggling at one point you know still you know still learning but the number one thing was running the ball you know and, and keeping the ball because let me tell you the vikings can hurt you with their receivers <laughs> the vikings can hurt you and dalvin cook ain't no joke so you get to some degree you got to play that game with them i was up by nine points before the, he threw one of those Hail Mary things like he did against Green Bay and, you know, and caught my caught, caught his flat footed and scored. So this is going to be a game that's going to be an interesting contrast between our, our sort of uh, uh, power run style. And the big difference is going to be always Kittle. When Kittle's in the game, it throws everything off of the defense. You know, it really, really does. So, bias plus score, 0, 0.0. Favors a tie between the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. But I know you're not going to call a tie here. Oh, absolutely not. 
And I agree with everything you said as far as what the formula is for the Niners. Uh, last week, they, they blew out the Jags, which is no great feat. But the way that they did it is, in fact, the formula that they need to stick with and the formula that they that they seem to be uh, adopting. Um, everything you said about the run, everything you said about George Kittle, all that is true, except they have a new X factor. They been who's they? The 49ers. The Niners have a new X factor. And that X factor is Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Brandon Ayuk has been released from Shanahan's doghouse. And he has proven himself to be just as good as he seemed to be last year. And what we expected from him this year, he is now just beginning to show. Uh, first of all, Jimmy G only had to throw the ball 22 times last week. It was the Jaguars. The only thing the Jaguars had going for them was their run defense, and they got shredded. Oh, my God. Debo Samuel, Jeff Wilson, and Trey Sermon Rookie. combined. They combined. Yeah, Trey Sermon got on the field. They combined for 37 carries. <laughs> they pounded them. 37 carries and 161 yards. But here's the deal. The few passes that Jimmy G threw, he threw – Two touchdowns. One went to Kittle, and one went to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk was targeted seven times, caught all seven passes for 85 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk is back. I started snatching him up all over in fantasy. Did you really? I need him to keep this up. Yes, yes, I need him to keep this up. He is back. He is back. He's the X Factor. They, they, there's no way. Well, I'm not going to say there's no way. Obviously, I know it's your team, so it's not an intriguing game to you, but it's an intriguing game to me. However, I told you when I was talking about the um, the Packers Vikings game last week that the football gods kind of turned on Aaron, which means they turned in favor of Kirk Cousins, but he is not worthy. He was. <laughs> No, he's not. He's not worthy. He had some spectacular throws, especially that one to Justin Jefferson that we talked about. He was 24, 35, 341 yards, three touchdowns. He looked wonderful. He also looked bad. Usually we get either good Kirk Cousins or bad Kirk Cousins. And this one, he was freaking both. He, and he, but the problem is the football guys allowed him to get away with it. He had one interception that was negated by a rough in the passer penalty. Okay. He threw another near interception that Adam Thielen had to knock away from the defender. And then he had a third one overturned by a replay review. Wow. That, that said the guy didn't really catch the ball. That's three picks he got away with. That, you know, turnovers. That In a game like that, What's the final score of that game? 34 to 31? In a game like that, 
that would spell doom for the Vikings. He got away with three of them. No such luck this week, bro. Take the Niners. Going with the Niners. All right. I like that. I like that. Yes. He he had he had Kirk Cousins moment again. How many brain farts per game can you get away with? And he got it's away crazy with crazy though. He he got away with three. At least three. But the and good I, that he did was so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? The guy was really good in that again, game. Again, he's got receivers that will hurt you, and Dalvin Cook is no joke. You know? Yeah. You got, yeah. And, and, and this is the thing. I'm listening to the instances that you brought up, and I'm like, wow. I, you know, I hadn't focused on those in particular. I just remember certain plays, and I'm going, oh, he had a Kirk Cousins moment. You know what I mean? It didn't necessarily turn into a turnover or anything like that. might have just been an incompletion or, or something like that. But I kept saying, I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh. So, yeah, you know, when you beat the Packers, um, that means you can score. And long story short, uh, they're ranked 13th in scoring, putting up 25 and a half points per game. Now, my Niners um, are uh, just putting up 24.6 points per game, but they're giving up 24, and we're giving up 22. And it all kind of, when you added in the turnover differential, it just went white and it's 0.0 and let me correct you you said i don't see this as an intriguing game no i don't choose my team because all of my team's games are intriguing <laughs> that's why i just avoid it completely okay <laughs> as far as i'm concerned all right another intriguing game division matchup one yes Oh, absolutely. The, the, the best division in the AFC. Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens by a spell score 1.9. Remember I said a lot of twos and really small bias plus scores this week, but it favors the Baltimore Ravens. And we know Baker Mayfield, or at least what he said was, man, he's got injuries on top of it. He said he's never felt so bad before in terms of all of these injuries. But he's going to be valiant. He's going to come out there and he's going to save the day. Valiant. Valiant. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this guy. Uh, I, think I, I think the phrase I used last week for the Browns was that uh, either the – well, not the team, but Baker Mayfield, I think I said he's coming apart at the seams. Yeah, he's, he's still coming apart at the seams. He's all banged up. For some reason, as good a run offensive line as they have, these guys can't really pass block sufficiently. They get themselves into games where, um, for whatever reason, they're letting teams get leads on them or, or the teams are holding them down, even though Nick Chubb is, is still churning out yardage like crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me, at 22 carries for 130 yards last week against the Lions but he couldn't find the end zone. That was a problem. If he can't find the end zone, then that means Baker has to make something happen. And Baker ain't making nothing happen. That's a problem. Now, the Ravens, on the other hand, want a squeaker against the Bears. And the Bears' defense is not shabby, okay? Usually what happens with them is because they don't score on offense, they, they find themselves in some tough situations. Uh, 
but they're not shabby. So if the, if the, if you play a team that doesn't put a lot of points up on the board, they can kind of hang in there. But of course, you know, the Bears' offensive situation is a whole nother story. My thing with the Ravens is they had to go with Tyler Huntley. Now Tyler Huntley got told right before the game that he was starting. This is another situation kind of like uh, what Justin Herbert went through last year, his rookie season. So he, <laughs> they're trying to wait on Lamar. He's sick. He's got some kind of flu or virus or something. It's not COVID. They checked him. They tested him. They know it wasn't COVID. But the guy it's was reportedly really not COVID. It's not COVID. And he Let me say really this much. Let me say this much, okay? I'm reading more and more about COVID long haulers. And the one thing I read today was written by a doctor who got COVID and was having long hauler symptoms. And they were saying about how much trouble they were having with their fellow doctors um, actually diagnosing COVID long haul symptoms. They're like, they're not really diagnosing these things very well. This is a doctor talking about his fellow doctors. So it's interesting that he's got these mysterious illnesses. They're not saying it's a flu. They're not saying it's this. And they're not saying what it is, just an illness. And long story. Oh, they said it was a virus. I didn't even hear that. I saw that. I read that. I read it was a virus. He has the virus. Well, but there's it's not a COVID. virus. There's a lot of different viruses. If he's got yeah, a virus, they know what kind of virus he has. Well, but they tested him for COVID and he tested negative. So now if he has long haul symptoms, long haul symptoms, you're not going to test positive. I understand that. You're also not going to have COVID. You have the symptoms of COVID, which guess what? Are the same as the symptoms for any other virus. No, no, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they are not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. He's no, they're sick. Not. I will send you medical information on long haul oh symptoms. Okay, so explain the to same me. as other viruses. Bro, they said he has the virus. He has a virus, but he tested negative for COVID. Now explain that to me. All I'm saying is I'm questioning what they're saying. That's all I'm telling you right now. Okay. I'm they're questioning not holding what back saying. on any they're not holding back on anybody having COVID. Okay. All right. When he had it, they said he had it. Okay. When he tested positive, they said he tested positive. Okay. If he has long haul symptoms. I can believe that. Guys have come back, tested negative, and not been themselves. They're lethargic. They still don't feel 100%. They're slow. It happened to Cam. Those were probably long-haul symptoms that happened to Cam last year when he was in New England. But he tested negative for the virus. That's all they're saying now. He does not test positive for COVID. But he's freaking sick. The guy's sick. But I saw an interview with him today, and he was laughing and joking. He's jumping. He looks, he's ready. He's ready. He's cool. He's 100%. No more symptoms. At practice, everything's cool. And he'll be out there, and I'm taking the Ravens in this game. 
the Browns don't really, the Browns aren't going to be able to handle, basically it's going to be the Browns run game against the, 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 the Ravens run game. Didn't they the get Kareem Hunt back? Excuse me? Did they get Kareem Hunt back? He's a maybe. I got to see if he practices tomorrow. Well, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. They may not practice tomorrow. No. I got to see if he practices on Friday. Okay. They said that he's allowed to practice. He's been at practice in a limited uh, – he was a limited participant in practice. Uh, if he practices in full on Friday and or makes it to the walkthrough on Saturday, then he will probably play. But it's not a definite yet. So All basically right. it's, it's going to be Chubb against uh, Devontae Freeman plus Lamar. That's not a fair fight. Ravens win that game. And even if Chubb goes off, okay, then it come, becomes even, and then it comes down to the quarterbacks throwing the ball. And, again, I check off the box next to Lamar because Baker's a mess. So I got to go with the Ravens. Going with the Ravens. So, Ben, this is the last game on Sunday. This must be the Sunday night matchup. So um, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Also on my intriguing game of the week, I have to take a look at it. Obviously, I'm not going to write an intriguing game of the week blog for the, for the um, Thursday night, the Thanksgiving games. There tomorrow, we don't really have time for that. The main one there, we had two actually with Vegas, Dallas, and Buffalo Saints that I think are pretty intriguing. I'll just mention that real quick. So that wraps up Sunday night. What comes after the Sunday night game? The Monday night game. <laughs> ah, Washington football team at the Seattle Seahawks. Bias plus score, 4.7 favors the Seattle Seahawks. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Both teams are in the negative and net points. Seattle's just less negative than Washington is at this particular point. And whereas Washington is 21st in offense and 28th in defense, Seattle's 24th in offense, but 7th in defense in terms of points allowed, only giving up 20.9 points. Yeah, that's... Uh... Mm, that's yeah. I don't like that number. Washington has the Taylor Heineke factor. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't believe in that Seahawk uh, number there. That for defense. Uh, I mean, I believe it. The numbers are the numbers, but I don't believe in it. Uh, this, crazy as it may sound, could be the most intriguing game of the week. Really, this game. Right here could be the most intriguing game of the week. First of all, you have the Washington football team who really has nothing to lose and somehow, some way, is actually playing pretty well, sneakily well. They beat the Panthers last week. For all the good that Cam Newton did, for all the good that Christian McCaffrey did, for all the good that DJ Moore did, for all the good that the defense did, Taylor Heineke somehow found a way. He made some really magical – he made some throws. He made some throws falling backwards off one leg, across his body, running one way, throwing it back the other way. 
Now, the bad thing is you can't do that week after week after week, you know? <laughs> Again, football gods might have been on his side. He probably completed some passes he shouldn't have. But he didn't have to throw a lot. 16 to 22, 206, but he threw three touchdown passes. Now, like I said, some of it, some, yeah, three touchdown passes. Some of them look crazy, but Antonio Gibson carried 19 times for 95 yards. JD McKissick got seven runs in for 46 yards. Didn't catch, catch a lot of passes, but McKissick is very, very dangerous catching the ball out of the backfield. The Washington offense needs to be dealt with, and uh, uh, Terry McLaurin. Scary Terry. Scary Terry cannot be covered. So that makes Washington extremely dangerous. Their weakness, obviously, is on defense. But guess what? The way the Seahawks are playing right now, bro, I have no faith in them. Russell Wilson hasn't had a good game yet coming off of that finger. He had a terrible game last week. He had another terrible game against the Cardinals. It might be time to stick a fork in the Seahawks. They lose this game, their playoff chances are over. They, I think they only have three wins. This could be the end for them. And they're on the road. And they're going from the uppermost northwest part of the country to the freaking east coast proper, Washington, D.C., but There's, it's Monday night, though, Ben. It's Monday night. Doesn't that yeah, Okay, so they got an extra day to travel, so that'll help them. But still, I, I think Washington is going to do the damn thing to them. I really do. Really? Yes. You I'm going taking with Washington? Washington? Yes, sir. And you're not even going to call their defense vaunted? No, nah, I don't need to. I don't need to because Russell Wilson is playing poorly. I think what's going to happen is he's going to have some success. Actually, I hope he has some success because I got DK Metcalf on half my teams. And I got Lockett on the other half. <laughs> okay. But I don't think the Seahawks defense is going to be, I do not believe in their ranking. I don't. I don't like them. I don't like them. They can be run on and they can be thrown on. Teams have done it. The Cardinals did it with Colt McCoy. And without Hopkins, they moved the ball. James Conner went from a one-two punch with Chase Edmonds to just being out there by himself and is handling his business. 99 yards last week against the Seahawks. 99 yards. He ran the ball 26 times. They're going to be in trouble, man. Antonio Gibson is no joke. They're going to get run on, and McLaurin is going to burn some folks. And I hope it's a high-scoring game, actually, because that allows Metcalf and Lockett to get off for me in fantasy. But ultimately, Washington is going to win this game. I am taking the Washington football team. Shoo! All right, all right. Going against the bias on the Monday night. Football game going with the Washington football team, even though uh, they're going all the way across to Seattle. And uh, so they're going to win on the road against the 12th man, against, as my wife continues to say, Russell 
Will says she always she can't stop saying Russell Wilson. She just <laughs> tells the name. I don't know what the heck is going on there. But all the women love Russell Wilson, man. Oh yeah, man. What a, they what a, love Russell Wilson. What man. a guy. What a guy. Um so okay, all right, all right. He's Russell's mate. Is he back there burping the baby? Is that what he's doing back there? He, he, he just can't. Yeah, he better stop burping the baby. <laughs> all right, that wraps up uh the bias, the pro football bias plus reports for NFL week 12. 2021 coming up then did we decide it's going to be current events or do we have two minute drill or did we come up with a name for this <laughs> you can't call it two minute drill because it's never going to be two minutes i know <laughs> that is true that is true too but hey it's the thought that counts all right let's call oh, it the fourth quarter fourth quarter okay the fourth quarter all right let's see now we are going to go. Let's close out anything that's going to create us some confusion in the situation. All right. Close this out. Bam. And bam. And then we are going to go over to Ben and Barry on football. There we go. Gonna give it a chance to load up there. Okay, we're gonna go past the highlight. Then I didn't even have time to look at the highlights. I put them up, but <laughs> these highlights are pretty extensive. These aren't no like two second highlights. I was surprised at how how much of the game they actually showed. It's mostly big plays, right? Uh, no, kind of, sort of, but you know, a lot of times they just you know turnover plays, third downs, this that. Oh yeah, know. those are big plays. Yeah. yeah, stops on third down, touchdowns, interceptions, big turnovers, big stops on first that first and short, uh, fourth, third and short stops, those kind of things. Yeah, I call all those big plays. You know, you get stopped on third and one. In your own territory, maybe around your thirty, your own thirty-five or your own forty, and then you got to look at your analytics chart. Do I go for it, or you know what I mean? Those are big plays. <laughs> when you yeah. can find yourself in that position, that's that's tough. Uh, let's see here. Hey, if you're in Bucks County, Philadelphia area, and you have pain, I need you to know that there's a oh. solution coming right. Sheesh. I feel like I got a monkey on my shoulder. I got to put this stuff away. A what in your shoulder? A monkey. Got a monkey on my back. And I got a hole. All right. Let's see how this looks. Can you see that and hear that okay? Yeah. All right, All right. I'm gonna back it up. 
Oh, hold up here. In order to do that. Oh, CFL. Cool. <clears throat> All right. Here we go. All right, Benny. Are you ready for the fourth quarter? Let's do it. Are you ready for the fourth quarter? We're going to kick this off. I just want to share this video real quick. It's up on Ben and Barry on football. When we hit the fourth quarter, ladies and gentlemen, and that means we're going to the Facebook page for Ben and Barry on football, where we bring up all types of current events, all types of things that are happening, and kind of share some of the things that are going around on social media. I wanted to show this because this is what makes football football. Let's watch the video. Oh, oh, he's dead. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, so, somebody get that man CPR. What the hell? Wait a minute. How come nobody blocked that? He had blockers in front of him. Okay, not down by contact. Gets back up. Gets himself together. Oop, stumble. Okay, ooh, nice spin move. Okay, oh! Somebody did try to block it. Perfect form tackle. Yeah, he, 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 okay, so I'll tell you exactly what happened. <laughs> the guy, he had a blocker who was attempting to take the big guy's legs out. But he should have slowed down and let him do it first. Like he kind of overran his block. Ah. And the dude saw the guy going to take his legs out and said, oh, shoot, the ball carry is close. And he just lunged at him and blew him up. <laughs> He's on the ground squirming. Uh, uh. Yo, what a hit. That was nice. He's a big dude, too. Oh, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right. Next up, let's take a quick look here. Back to the Facebook page. We talked a little bit about it. Any last words? Anything else you want to say about the Taysom Hill contract? Ben? Yeah, so, so, so here's the Taysom Hill contract, okay? This, this is the way I see it. I am not a GM. I am not an owner. I'm not a – I just play fantasy. I'm nobody, okay? But this is how I see it. They love Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill does a lot of things for this team. He is a weapon. But I believe that they believe he's more important to them as a multi-purpose player than he is as a starting quarterback. Now, and, and I qualify that by saying, <clears throat> excuse me, he was only a starting quarterback at in college. He played at BYU, I think. He's never really been a starting quarterback in the NFL except for four or five games that he played when Drew Brees was injured. Um, 
last season, right? Because Drew Brees just retired. In those five games, I think he won three and lost two, maybe something like that, okay? So he is an unproven commodity as a starting NFL quarterback. Now, that being said, yes, you want to sign him. Yes, you want to keep him on your team. He does a lot of things for you. Yes, he deserves to be paid. I think what they did was kind of equivalent to when uh, teams bring players in that are maybe a little long in the tooth but still have some juice. They'll fit a role for you. So you give them a, a contract with a small base salary and then a lot of incentives, except for this guy's still young and still plays a vital role on their squad, knows their system inside and out offensively because he plays multiple positions. So he's in multiple meeting rooms. He, he might know the, the, the offense better than any other player on the team besides the OC and the starting quarterbacks. Um, so what they did was they said, okay, here's your base salary. And it's a nice one. I think it's 40 million for four years. And then they said, if you play quarterback, you can make this much. If you do this, you can do this much. If you do this, you can make that much. And they built it all the way up to like 95 million over the four years. He ain't never going to see 95 million in them four years. Never. Number one, they're going to try ever, to ever? Guess. Huh? Ever, ever, ever? Ever, ever, ever. Number one, they're, they're going to try their best not to ever play him at quarterback full time. It's almost like they this contract guarantees that you're not going to play any quarterback. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Because if he does, if here's, here's the only crazy thing that could happen to the Saints as an organization is that maybe Simeon goes down or something and they got nobody else and they put him in and he's, he lights it up. Then they're like, oh, right. What's 95 million over four years. Well, just think about a hundred over four is what? Uh, um, 20, uh, um, um, 25, 4 and 100 is 25, so a little under 25, 25 million, million a year. year. Holy yeah. crap. You're, you're, you're practically, well, you're not exactly in franchise quarterback territory. I think that's. You're in damn good quarterback territory. Yeah, that's where you are. For, I yeah, think you're right in there. Now, but 25 is damn good. Right. So they're going to try their best not to get themselves in that situation. Because. Ten million a year, he's worth it. He's worth it. He can play running back. He can play tight end. He can return kicks. He can go in and play quarterback. He if in a pinch, he can wildcat for you. He can do all that stuff. They'd be crazy to let him go. Yes, sign him. We got you locked in four years, but you ain't never gonna see that ninety-five million. Forget about it. I bet you a dollar to a donut. They draft a quarterback in the next draft. The chances of him playing quarterback are as remote as the chances of sending an ex-NFL player into space. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> <In the space. laughs> 
Why, Michael? Why? <laughs> why? Why, Michael? Jeez. Oh, there he goes. I can't. There he man. goes. I, I don't. Can we? Can we move on? This is. This is. That's your boy, man. That's a giant. What's a giant? Always a giant. You'll have. You'll be the first team in space. <laughs> why, Michael? Why? Don't say why. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even read this article, and I'm not going to read this article. <laughs> this is big news, Benny. This is big news. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Uh, first of all, hey, hey Ben. First of all, they're gonna have to adjust the size of the seats in the rocket. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty big guy. <laughs> He'll probably need an extra big helmet. <laughs> you know, for that noggin. But uh. Congratulations, Michael Strahan. You know, if you keep doing things like getting on Good Morning America and all that stuff, maybe people will stop trying to shame you for Brett Favre giving you that record-setting sack. <laughs> he's, still, he's still trying to live that down so badly that he feels like he needs to get on a freaking rocket and go up into space. Are you kidding me? <laughs> ah, all right, all right. What's up next? What's up next? Jeez. Ah, Shadur Sanders is a finalist for the 2021 Stats Perform FCS Jerry Rice. Did someone say Jerry Rice? The Jerry Rice Awards award which is presented to the national freshman player of the year at the fcs level oh, Sanders, son of prime time it's the national freshman award national freshman player of the year the national freshman player of the year okay that's cool i'm i'm with it i think with that's that. great I think that's great. Jackson State is doing well. Uh, Prime's name is all over the place. People are caring about HBCU football. Uh, I, I think that's wonderful. I hope he wins it. I think he deserves it. I haven't looked at his numbers, but I know he's quarterbacking, and I know they're winning. So, <laughs> you know, uh, kudos, man. I'm, I'm happy for him. Primetime's greatest dream has to be to produce a quarterback. <laughs> you know? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? Because he played a little quarterback in high school, right? As I, I know. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember him talking about one of the reasons he was so good at D-back because he understood how the quarterbacks think, and therefore he could bait them so much better. He could play off. He could do a lot of things because he understood what they understood. So. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I know he played some receiver. You know, I know he was a two-way player. I didn't know that he played any quarterback, but I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, this is a guy that 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 played in World Series and Super Bowls. So, you know, I mean, it, this is one of the greatest players of all time, regardless of position. Now, so. this is just a little bit of a decide, but he seems like he's still riding around in, in like a cart or something. 
he had this surgery on his foot or whatever like weeks ago. I'm telling you, man, that turf toe stuff ain't no joke. I know his he said feet, his toes was jacked up. His feet are jacked up. They're jacked up, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the legend of the turf toe. All right. Man, I had to do it. Grant yeah, Stewart. Only you would do this. Only you would bring this up. <laughs> Lord. Nobody cares about this. <laughs> Somebody cares. This man has a national commercial, and it's hilarious. Did you see the commercial? I haven't seen the commercial. Let's see. If oh, I do, I have to. <laughs> Let's see if I can play it for you, because that's what actually got me in the situation. It wasn't okay. so much the. Uh, it wasn't so much. Him, as much as it was the, the commercial. Tonight, I'll be eating ribs with a side of pickles. Appreciate you. If you don't recognize me, because I'm Mr. Irrelevant, but I'm going to put in the work every single day, so soon everybody will know the name of the legendary great. <laughs> <laughs> right before he said his name. Oh, that's great. That's great. That's good. Oh, that's my God. Good. For those of you out there who don't know who Mr. Irrelevant is, he is the very last person selected in the NFL draft, the very last guy. And that's him. And I still don't know his name, but he plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good for him. He's got an Uber Eats commercial. I love it. I love it. I, somebody on, on Twitter said, whoever his agent is, they need to, you know, oh. give him kudos. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And... He's a character. Look at the hair. He's a Look character. Look at this the dude. Hair. Probably never touches the field, or at best, you gotta find out his name. We gotta find out who oh, is man, he? right he, there. His name is Grant Stewart. Grant. Okay. Does he does he play Stewart. special teams? He yeah. Now, as a matter of fact, yes, he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is what they said. I looked up his his draft information. Five eleven. Um, he's. Uh, 230 pounds. He ran a 4.540. Okay, but they say he's squatty in stature, and although he has good straight-ahead speed, it's his lateral movement that he's challenged at. But he's what position does he play? Than, running back? Huh? Is he a running back? Like a linebacker. He's basically a linebacker. Oh, he's a linebacker. Okay. Basically, he's a linebacker, but he's going to play special teams. They say he has a great head for it. It's just that lateral movement is where one of his weaknesses is. But he's super competitive. That's and, cool. You know, and so, yeah, Grant Stewart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put him on special teams. Let him use that straight-ahead speed to run down on kicks and stuff. Oh, yeah. Earn your money, bro. Earn your money. That's cool. He's in the league, in the league. I just thought that was awesome, and I thought the commercial was hilarious. I like that. I like that. All right. We're going to do our part. You know, football now, is there's gambling, and, and it's amazing how much the league now promotes all the different ways that you can gamble on the league. But mm -hmm. they do say, gambling problem, go to responsibleplay.org, and then you can – and Ben, you know, you and I 
are probably the least gambling guy. You gamble at least on fantasy. That's a sort of a form of gambling. Or it's sort of a form of gambling, yeah. In a way. But long story short, we still have to decide whether or not we're going to take some of this knowledge and put it to work uh, with, the, with, with a wager at some point. But uh, between you and I squeezing the dollar, it's really, we just don't hand them out that easily. <laughs> All right. We talked about Taysom Hill. Ben, the flex weeks are, are kicking in. So what's happening when the flex weeks is that as the NFL looks at the different teams and looks at the potential matchups, they make decisions to move team move games from the one or four o'clock Sunday to the Sunday night game. And they can feature the matchups that they want. The Patriots are now getting flexed. And what happens is what basically is what the NFL is doing is recognizing their success. They're like, oh, we want to put these guys in prime time and they're flexing them to a prime time game. There's some That's flexing great. being going on um, on Saturdays too. But I just want everybody to know if you go to Ben and Barry on football, if you want to know about the whole flex scenario, just go and look at our uh, comments. And in the comments section, I give you the NFL official site where they talk about the flexible scheduling procedures. Cool. All right. So there you go. Congratulations to the Patriots. That means you're doing something that's being recognized. Now, as we always say, we put the highlights there. So if you just want to know what happened, you want to see a quick rundown of the games, go to Ben and Barry on football and you will see the highlights. And that's last week's current events. Ben, I talked a little bit about me playing uh, against the, uh, the Vikings. And I just wanted to mention it happens. So what happened here, and I just kind of wanted to say, you know, sometimes you have guys who, who contribute in kind of a quiet but yet important <laughs> way in football. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, you know, their stats will show up to some degree. But how important they were in the game uh, is just maybe understated, you know, and especially if you didn't see, you're just looking at stats. And we talked about uh, Debo Samuels. We talked about Ayuk, but the question comes down to that third receiver. We got some other receivers from young guys who may be a little faster, you know, things of that nature. The thing about Sanu, hands, he catches the ball. And when you need somebody to simply complete a regular pass, that's where it comes in. And that's where it really, really makes a difference. So, uh, I had to make that decision on Sanu and on third down when I needed to just control the ball, he was there. And I don't know if he's getting any run. Now, you know this from fantasy. Is he getting any run in real life? Barely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's what I kind of, I kind of think, but sometimes you just need that guy who's going to come in and he's going to give you what you need at that particular point. So uh, that's Sanu in my particular case. And that's one of the reasons I was able to get by that game. All right. You sent me information on Everson Griffin. 
I don't know if you saw this video. No, I didn't see the video. This is the video that came out from him. Uh, in addition to some text messages and some th things where he was literally asking hey, for help. Go. I'm in my house. They decided to pop me. I still got clues left. This is my gun. 45. Wilson 
off season. But the XFL is in the spring, isn't it? Hey, competition. What can I tell you? That's crazy, though. That's that's overkill. Well, we shall see how that actually all works out. But I just wanted to kind of mention that that the USFL is back. They're back. I didn't get to watch much of the USFL, so you know it'll be interesting. Oh man, USFL was great. Jim really? Kelly. Jim Kelly played for the Houston Gamblers. Uh, Herschel Walker played for the New Jersey Generals. Yes, he did. I do remember uh, that. The Philadelphia Stars had a great team. Really? Kelvin Bryant. Uh, it was a bunch of guys that went over to the NFL after that. Okay. Um, Steve Young. A lot of guys played in the XF in the USFL. Okay, okay. Because it was a it was a money thing. Trump was in there. Trump was throwing money around. Dudes was like, do I go NFL or do I go to USFL? It's a money thing. <laughs> it's a money thing. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? All right, man. We covered a lot of ground. We covered the in our uh, kickoff, a number of different things. We looked at the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings for week 11 of the 2021 season. We looked at the Bias Plus Report and all of the matchups through Thanksgiving, through to Monday, all of the games, covered them. Ben went a little crazy. He's going with a few teams that I know he didn't want to have to go with, but he's going to do what he thinks is right in this case and even going against his beloved Giants, against the vision. Which just goes to prove, which just goes to prove that I do not pick the Giants just because they're my team. When I pick them, I feel like they really have an opportunity to win. And when I don't pick them, I don't think they have a chance to win. And I've gone against them, and they've won, and vice versa. So, you know, it happens. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I try to look at these things objectively. Uh, but, you know, that's the part of the show where I get to use opinion and conjecture, and it doesn't always work out well for me. I did a lot better last season. This season's crazy. I barely broke 50% again on this one. I had eight wins and seven losses. It was horrible week 11. It was horrible. I, and, you know, some people might be like, oh, you, you went over 50%? That's good. Yeah, but no. I'm used to hitting 68, 67, 72%. This is, this is a rough season. It's rough. This season has been like no other uh, that I can remember in recent times. Um, last week, the Bias Plus report was in the 40 percentile Ooh. range. Well, very, rarely, that. very rarely do we go under 50%. As a matter of fact, for the previous week, for uh, week 11, the bias, the uh, bias plus report was 60%. I believe it was 60, yes, right at the number Bro, 60. Man. And that's with some strange, you know, weird things happening as it was. Um, what I do want to mention, Ben, because we didn't mention it, is that the bias plus buster. Oh, oh yeah. Colts. Colts, baby. Unstable by a score of 12.8. Now, again, these are averages between the net points and the turnover differential. 
So you look at week 11, gross numbers, just multiply that by 11. If you multiply it by 10, it'd be 128. So that's a big number uh, for uh, a bias plus to go against you, yet they won by 26, giving them a bias plus buster score of 38.8. Congratulations to the Indianapolis. Great job. All right, all right, absolutely. And, and Jonathan uh, Taylor, the running back, um, who was behind so much of that that win. Okay, that's about it for me, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Thank you. Same to you. Uh, I got a couple things. Uh-oh. Number one, for all those people out there who feel like I don't like the Eagles, I will tell you again and again and again, and I'll never stop telling you. You think automatically because I'm a Giants fan, I hate the Eagles. I do not. I hate Eagle fans. Now, and I use the word hate lightly. Now, that being said, I have no problem giving credit where credit is due. Listen to this. First 15 career starts. First 15 career starts. Lamar Jackson, 4,120 yards total offense. Jalen Hurts, 4,115. Okay. 26 touchdowns for Lamar Jackson. 29 touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. 12 turnovers for Lamar Jackson. 11 turnovers for Jalen Hurts. Hmm. 213 first downs for Lamar Jackson. 209 first downs for Jalen Hurts. Kind of scary, ain't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. People are still arguing, is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? People are still arguing. Philadelphia fans are still arguing, is Jalen Hurts our future? I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, his, numbers, his numbers are what they are. And again, they are what they are, bro. You know, they the, are the, what the they are. Jalen Hurts was the question, the coaching, you know? Right. You're talking Maybe. about a young coach and a young quarterback. What do you really expect? Did you expect Tom Brady? Exactly. Did you expect the Patriots it it may not be the perfect mix as far as team success is concerned, but you got a guy on your hands who is a winner. The guy's a winner. And the guy plays hard. And the guy has no problem putting the team on his back if he has to. Home and home you gotta, you, yeah, you got to love him for that. Now, for those of you who got a little carried away with the Chiefs win over the Cowboys, I tried to explain it to you in a way that you would understand how the Cowboys would have should have and would have won the game if they had conducted themselves properly with a more balanced attack on offense and that the defense played more than well enough with the proper formula to beat the Chiefs. But the Cowboys, <clears throat> excuse me, offensive staff basically lost that game for them and put Dak in harm's way. Listen to this. The Dallas Cowboys are seven and three. Two of the three losses 
are to last year's Super Bowl teams. And the total number of points they lost by is 12. Hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs, after beating the Cowboys this past Sunday, now have only two wins over teams with winning records. So the question I ain't no, I ain't no Dallas fan, but I'm telling you, people got dirt on the shovel ready to throw it on them, and they got flowers like this ready to throw them at the Chiefs. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Oh, I got one more thing to say. Go Knowles. 